0: All right. Hello. Hello everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I know it's been a minute before since I've recorded an episode and I have morning voice today still. So you get to experience that. And today I have with me my beautiful friend, Sarah, and I am going to let her introduce herself. So Sarah.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: What do I say?
1: Um, hi everyone. I'm Sarah um, let's see, I'm a, am a Sagittarius and I, no, I'm kidding. Um I am, but um yeah, what, what do I say about myself? I haven't given like an intro of myself in so long. Um, I used to have to always give people like intros um when I did stand-up comedy. There we go. I, I'm I'm a former stand-up comedian. I'm in recovery from stand-up comedy and um turned beauty blogger, YouTuber, turned Instagram model, turned Uh, I don't know, I guess, body confidence and femininity influencer turned, I don't even know what's next. So yeah, (laughs) yeah,
0: that's me. It's really interesting to have people introduce themselves because it does bring up a lot, you know, and it's like, who's going to give like this bio version Mm -hmm. And who's going to be like, you know, I love tacos and like, you know, like who's going to like, where are you going to take it? And it's so interesting, like the pressure that we put around identity, like this is something I talk about a lot. Um, So, yeah, back
1: in the day when I used to do stand up, like people would always say, like, what do you want for an intro? What do you want for an intro? And it's always like I, I for me, it's just like, I don't know. I don't know how to sum myself up in just a short. And I also don't want to be one of those people. Cause I've, I've met people like that who like would give me this huge bio. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm not going to read that. Like, <laughs> like, that's not how this is going and stuff. So I always felt weird. So I'd just be like, say whatever. And then like some of the things that people would give for an intro, I'd be like, why did you say that? <laughs> it's like, you know?
0: Yeah. I actually spoke at a retreat last weekend and she said to me, we don't, read bios or anything. We like the speaker's energy to just you know speak for itself on the stage. And I thought that was perfect because I was like, I don't I don't want to give you a bio. And maybe I'll stop asking that question. Maybe I'll just say, hey Sarah, let's start talking. (laughs) Yeah, but I do think too sometimes
1: when people are listening, like it's nice for people to kind of know yeah, for sure. Like who the person is, you know what I mean? Like I think it's a fine line. Like I do, I do I do think that most people, like, if it's a really formal bio, like, most people don't care or listen. Like, they just want to get someone's vibe. Like, I know if somebody's reading a bio of, like, what people's accomplishments are or stuff like that, like, I kind of tune out. Like, I don't really pay too much attention, but then it's also, like, if they didn't say anything, I'd be, like, who is this person? Why am I listening
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. Yeah. I'll feel into it and see what I want to do. Yeah. So... (laughs) Sarah, yeah, she has a lot of facets. And lately, she's been talking a lot about masculine feminine dynamics. And, you know, for a while, you were talking about goddess archetypes and things like that. And I'd love to start with masculine feminine dynamics, because I feel like I'm really fascinated by that topic. And I'd love to just, yeah, have a conversation around that. And When we talk about masculine and feminine dynamics and I'll, you know, Sarah, you jump in here too. Okay. You know, we, we're not talking about men and women. We're talking about these energies that coexist within all of us and they play out in relationships too. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you're in a conversation, like as I'm speaking right now and I'm in, I guess you could say the masculine dynamic, if Sarah were trying to speak at the same time, it would be two masculines butting heads, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It could, it could very well be seen as that. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, I'm just, yeah. Kind of playing with, with the topic here, but, Mm -hmm. um, I'm really curious, like, for the people who don't know anything about masculine and feminine dynamics, what would you say to them?
1: So, well, this actually comes up a lot and it's really funny because I've started doing like really short um like clips and stuff uh on for TikTok, which has really like I hadn't honestly, I hadn't opened my TikTok in like a year and a half and then I was like, "Oh, I'm going to start doing some little clips." And it's so funny how like there's so little that you can put in in like a little clip. And then I get all these people like, well, why didn't you say this? Or what's it? And you know, it's just sort of like, oh my God, there's only so much I can say in like one little clip. So um but when I when I talk in my YouTube videos about it, I tend to give a brief overview um is masculine and feminine energies, I mean they're energies and they live within all of us. Uh we all have both. uh, But we all tend to have a core energy like one that we connect to the most. And that very often statistically and don't shoot the messenger. It's statistics that I've read is it tends to be that, um, women tend to be more likely to be feminine at their core and men tend to be more masculine at their core. There are exceptions to that rule. And there are people out there who are completely balanced. Like they don't, they don't fully identify with either one. And you can, some people can have, you know, you could be feminine at your core, but have a very strong masculine energy or you don't or vice versa. Um, but in general, like you can tap into whatever energy, like we all have access to them. Um, but people are more, usually I would say like more their true self when they are in their core energy, it's just more natural for them, but we have access to either one, um, regardless of our gender. And Mm -hmm. we also like each of the, um, feminine energy and masculine energy have archetypes within them. They're sort of like different, you can call them like different flavors of those energies that we also all have access to and can tap into at any time. Um, But, you know, we don't always tap into all of those resources because societies, traumas, wounding, things like that can always come up in those situations.
0: That would be my general overview. Yeah. Perfect. So Um, this past weekend, I met a guy who was talking a bit about astrology Mm -hmm. and we're both Sagittarians. Mm -hmm. So he actually said that fire signs tend to hold more masculine energy. And I'd be curious about your perspective on that.
1: Well, I mean, to be totally honest, I'm, I don't know a ton about astrology, um, And, and it's actually just something that I, I mean, I didn't even know anything beyond just like the sun signs up until like maybe a year ago. (laughs) Um, and the weird thing is, is that like, I don't think of myself as being as like a typical Sagittarius. Like I, there's some qualities of being Sagittarius that I identify with. Like I'm, I'm honest to a fault. Like I just have like this almost like inability, to be dishonest like i look back on my life sometimes and i'm like oh my god if i had just like stretched the truth a little <laughs> bit in that situation like i could have saved myself so much drama but like just couldn't do it um but i'm also like like i i'm not like a big travel person all the sagittarius people that i know like you are like like nomads always in different places like need changes of scenery and i'm very much like i like i'm a homebody like i don't like to yeah. really like I sometimes I like to change my environment a little bit, but it's more like redecorate than, than move kind of thing. But I'm also, um, I'm a cancer moon, which cancers are very much like home bodies and super sensitive. And, um, and I'm a Scorpio rising too. So as much as like, I'm a, I'm a Sagittarius sun, I have a lot of watery mm-hmm. energy in me. Like I'm very emotional. And so I mean, I do think that fire does tend to be associated a lot with the masculine. Um, and if you, if you speak like in terms of like chakras, um, you know, the most masculine chakra where we hold our masculine energy is our solar plexus, which is identified with fire, um, the element of fire. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that would make sense that people who are very fiery and connected to their fire energy would tend to hold more masculine energy in them. So think they could still be feminine at their core, but they would- probably could very well hold more masculinity. I would say that whereas people who, um, because like your feminine energy is, is held more in like the sacral chakra, which is more identified with Mm -hmm. water. So people who have more, um, water signs or water in their astrology charts could, um, hold more feminine energy. Yeah. I mean, in, in men and
0: women. Yeah. You're right. It's not like I have this tendency sometimes to be like as open as I am, I feel like sometimes I can be very black and white and I'm just like, mm-hmm. so are Sagittarians and you're right. Like it's, there's more to it. There's, we have a whole chart and it's not just Sagittarius energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was beautiful that you brought that up. Um, I just, it was interesting when he said that because I've personally, I, I have had a lot of masculine tendencies Um And I feel like I'm awakening my feminine and I, that's what I would actually really love to talk with you about is, is the dynamics of masculine and feminine within oneself, because Mm -hmm. so many people connect with it in relationships, because as I said, in the beginning, like if both of us were talking or trying to lead the conversation, it would be, we'd be butting heads because you can't have Mm -hmm. the two masculine energies, like, trying to lead at the same time, you know, it's like in sex, right?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, and that's sexual polarity. I mean, you can have two, two masculine energies can have a really great friendship and can work together and they can work in business and, and stuff. And you can have two feminine energies that can be really connected. And, and, um, but like, you don't get that sexual polarity, which is the big difference. Like you kind of need, you need one person to be in their feminine and one person to be in their masculine in order to have sexual attraction. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you can't really t- two masculine energies are going to, um, are are they're, they're going to repel sexually and two feminine energies are going to repel sexually. And that's mm-hmm. not, that's not gender-based. That's not, right, right. With sexuality. That's just, you know, you, you need to have somebody in their masculine and somebody in their feminine in order to have sexual polarity, but people can work together, um, you know, in, in environments and, and stuff if they're, um, in the same energy. Um, uh, in fact, I actually, I mean, to be honest, well, I mean, I would say in general, our society massively discourages women from being in their feminine, mm-hmm. um, like massively. So I, I'm willing to bet that like nine times out of 10, if you were to have a woman on your podcast here and they'd be like, yeah, no, I have to spend most of my time, in my masculine energy, because like, we've really I believe we've pressured women into being in their masculine. Um, and, and I know women get upset sometimes when you say stuff like that, cause I'm like, well, I want to be in my masculine. And it's like, well, yeah. if you want to great, like there's <laughs> nothing wrong with it. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. It's just that I do feel like there's, there are a lot of women that either feel like that's the only way. Cause that's all they're, they, that's all they know, because we've been so pressured into that being the only, like the right way to be. And and then there's some women who feel like that's not what they, they don't want to be the masculine all the time, mm-hmm. but they don't feel like they have a choice. So, you know, I, I think it's difficult. I mean, cause I like I 100% and I've, I've really, I mean, I dove into studying the masculine and feminine energies a little over a year ago. And I just like, I dove into it head first. Cause I was just sort of like, so obsessed. I mean like I've I think at this point I've I've re- I've read just about everything David Data's ever written. Like I wrote, read like all of his books. Like I'm like obsessed with everything. Um but like in the, it, it also felt like when I started reading about it like I was like oh my god this it was putting words to stuff that I had been thinking probably since childhood. Like I've always had this weird um well, I've always been more of an old soul but I've always had this this feeling that something was off and that I like, I I like to say like, I, I get, I get dragged into my masculine energy, like kicking and screaming. Like, I'm like, I don't want to be in my masculine energy, but like so many times in life I had to be because of the circumstances. And, and, and I don't, I also think it's important too for women not to shame ourselves for being in our masculine energy, at times, cause there's a lot of times in my life. And I look back on, like, I don't, I didn't want to be in my masculine energy, but I look back and I'm like, okay, I had to be in my masculine energy in that, in that time, because of whatever the circumstances In a lot of cases it kept me safe. I mean, and that's, you know, I, I do think sometimes too, when we talk about safety, cause that's, I think that's the main reason why I think many women spend so much time in their masculine is because they don't feel safe to, to, to be in their feminine because masculine energy is, I mean, it's, it's a protective energy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the energy of, 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 um, of, of protection really of, you know, protecting yourself, your loved ones, your family. And, and I think, I mean, I don't know. I, I think we get really caught up sometimes in like the, the spiritual inner work world of like, we need to find safety within ourselves. And yeah, we totally do like 100%. I agree with that. And there's also things in life that just aren't safe. I mean, you know, and so I think there's certain circumstances where it's like yeah, you got to protect yourself, you know what I mean? I mean, I spent a lot of years, you know, doing um I mean, I was a stand-up comedian for 15 years and I spent a lot of time in in places, bars, venues that like Looking back on, I'm like, oh my god, how did I get out of that alive? Mm-hmm. And like walking to my car, like alone at night in some really bad neighborhoods, and it's like, yeah, I got to be in my masculine energy. I can't be like all like feminine, like yeah, yeah okay, I'm and flow. I'm I'm feeling great with the universe, and it's like the next thing you know, you're you're you know, getting robbed and stabbed. <laughs> it's like you can't, you know what I mean? Like you, sometimes you you have to be.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, for a lot of years. I was in my masculine conditioned masculine. And when I came out of corporate, I went straight into the feminine and and it was too much, right? It's like, there's, there does need to be this balance. And, and I, I wasn't getting anything done because I was so in my feminine that I was just, you know, like, I didn't want that structure that the masculine provides and actually recently I have, you know, come up with this structure and I put that in quotes, really this structure (laughs) that tends to work for me, you know, where basically I, I believe it can just help me intentionally focus on some things, but I can flow within that energy, right. I Mm -hmm. can flow within that focus. Um, but I also feel, um, Like when I feel my feminine rising within me, sometimes it feels like the word that keeps coming through is aggressive. And that's like, not the word that I want to use, but it's like, she's, it almost feels like, and I'm saying she just for the sake of ease of referencing feminine, I guess. I don't know. I'm like really cautious about my words, but You're Um, you're also a she, so you can call it she. yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's like very, you know, it's like, she's been trapped for a long time and it's like, she wants to come out like with a roar, like, um, so it's, it's really interesting. It's really interesting to observe. Um, and I would say that honestly, like more from a sexual perspective. So maybe that's, um, I don't know if you would say that that's masculine or feminine, but, um, yeah, I feel like I could just devour. <laughs> that's feminine. <laughs> that feminine. So feminine. <laughs> yeah. I don't think,
1: see, and this is the, uh, this is the flip side of it, right? Is that again, our society pushes women into, into their masculine massively. Like we, we value, um, masculine qualities over, um, feminine qualities. We, I mean, I could <laughs> We want to get into like, I mean, I could dig down some like conspiracy theory, rabbit holes about all kinds of this stuff, but I won't, I won't go off on that whole tangent now. But, um, but I do also think that part of it is we associate feminine with being girly, which look, I love being girly. So I'm not going to shame anybody for being girly at all. Like I, I, I'm a self-professed girly girl, hundred percent. However, that doesn't define your feminine energy. Like I know a lot of women who are like girly on the outside. And I use that term in quotes. I realized we're audio. So I'm like using yeah. air quotes. So yeah. like, who are like girly in appearance. And I've even been in my past where I've been like very girly in appearance, but like, I've been very much in my masculine energy. And I think we associate like Feminine with being very like reserved, polite, like that's all. It's it, it's in the same way that we think of like masculine energy as being like, well, does he drive a pickup truck and does he have muscles or whatever? It's like, well, those things aren't like you can be masculine and have those things, or you can be you can have those things and you can drive a muscle car and be a muscle guy, and like you can still be massively, you know, in your feminine energy yeah. and stuff. Like, I mean, it's that surface stuff is it's not really connected to the energies, but we associate it with that. So I think we associate feminine energy with, um, you know, being, being very girly and being very polite and being very, um, reserved. And I do think that, I mean, I don't really think that has much to do with feminine energy at all, really. Um, but I do think there's different aspects. Like I see a lot of people that talk about, feminine energy is like, no feminine energy is like, it's darkness and destruction. Like where did all this love and light stuff come from? And I'm like, well, yeah, but I do think that love and light is part of feminine energy Mm -hmm. as well. But so is the darkness and destruction. Like, I mean, as, as women we're so, or as the feminine, I would say, um, we're so multifaceted that, you know, we, and I think that's where like the archetypes come in. I mean, I think with, with the feminine archetypes, I mean, there's like, there's like maiden energy. That's very like wide eyed, playful, um, you know, has that kind of like youthful innocence to it, but there's also like that, the huntress energy that's just sort of like out to, to get what she wants. And there's, you know, you get the, the Kali energy of like, you know, rebirth and destruction and stuff like that. I mean, I think that there's, um, I was actually, I'm just working on, um, working on some stuff now on um, for content for YouTube about the concept of feminine testing when it comes to relationships and the idea that I feel like we, we have this, I feel like a lot of men have this idea and I think it's it's because we, we do, and again, I don't wanna bash men at all, but I do think we have a lot of males in our society that are very much in their egos and not operating from their soul, and I do think a big part of if you have men who are in their masculine energy but they're living from their ego, I actually think it's a really important role for a, for the feminine, whether it be their partner or just a feminine in their life. The feminine is really the ego destroyer. Like th- that's part of what um, is referred to as feminine testing. It's like the it's it's not it's not nagging, but like if a man is in his ego, he's gonna think any complaint that a woman has towards him is nagging. So she's just a nag. She's nagging me. It's like, well, in some cases she is. She might be in her ego and she might be nagging and she might just be poorly communicating something that she wants from you and and that might be her thing. But it's also like she might be trying to destroy your ego because like that's that's a big part of of feminine energy is is to destroy like they want to destroy the ego. Like they want to destroy, they want to Destroy the masculine's ego, and it could even be your own ego. I would yeah. say, um, you know, the, it's just destroying that and actually getting to the soul, getting to the root of something. And I think like feminine energy can be really destructive. I think it can also be very nurturing. I mean, you can have mother energy, and and I think that's part of it is because I think that's that's a balance of like being able to destroy the ego and then nurture the the parts that are left. So that the parts that are left after the ego is destroyed can kind of rise up and reach its full potential, and I mean, yeah. you can do that within yourself. But I think in partnership too, you, you see it
0: more visually in partnership. I definitely, I feel I've always felt that the feminine energy was like flow and change and creativity and sensuality, um, which is part of
1: it, definitely, hundred um, percent
0: not as much like the surface level type stuff, but I hear what you're saying with all that. And I also don't love the word, like the words destructive and destroy because it almost feels like, you know, it's not um, like destructive feels I don't know, not like haphazard, like hurricanes are destructive. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess, you know, I've been like really examining the words that I've been using and the feminine, I believe invites change. Like it's, I, I don't know. So is it, is it really that she's a destroyer or is she like, you know, holding up the mirror and saying like, you know, I want you to see and like, I'm not afraid to show you what I see. I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm just like contemplating this right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, but again, I think that could go to different, I mean, you, you, you could, um, you know, I think you could probably tie that into, um, people's personality, like people, um, if people are more fiery or people more watery or, you know, in, in kind of more of those, those kind of elements of like, um, you know, you, you, I think sometimes like everybody's, everybody's different. And so I think everybody's ego and situations and and things like that, it may call for something different, you know, sometimes it may call for, destroying something. And sometimes it may call for just being like, Hey, look at this. You know? I mean, I think, I think there could be, that's why I think that there's just so many different like flavors of
0: yeah, of that energy. For Sure. I'd love to talk a little bit about wounded masculine and feminine, because mm-hmm. I definitely, um, believe that any, I mean, any of us can be in ego, um, mm-hmm men and women, and there are wounded aspects of the masculine and feminine. Okay. Um, so I'd love to speak about, and I, I think it that probably goes beyond ego, but mm. um, yeah, I'd love to hear what you have to say about that. And like, how do you recognize the wounded? Well,
1: so I look at it and I've heard a lot of people use different terminology for this, but like I, I look at, um, wounded masculinity or like the term that so many people are so divisive about is like toxic masculinity. Um, I think of that as being, um, outwardly destructive. So like, or you know, is the word destructive yeah. again, I keep using that word, but like, but like we're tra- we're talking about wounding. It's like, it's outwardly destructive. It's outwardly, um, uh, and, and I, again, and I, I want to make sure I'm very clear on this. I do not believe that masculinity is toxic by any means. Cause I know a lot of people, that's why people don't like that word is because when people talk about like, say toxic masculinity, they're like, you're saying that masculinity is toxic. And it's like, no, absolutely not. I think masculinity is amazing. I think that it can be toxic. Um, and I think it can be toxic when, I mean, usually when there's inner, there's, there's wounding around masculine energy. And I think it tends to come out as, as violence. I think it's very often when a person, um, a person of, and I, I believe you can be toxically or wounded masculine in male and female. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think we see a lot of, um, wounded masculinity in women nowadays. I think there's a lot of that going on. Um, and I think it's it tends. I believe it tends to come out as more anger, um, more aggression, um, and not from like a heart opened place, like not from a place of. I mean, I, I would I would essentially say it's 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 that kind of aggression with a closed heart, is more. Um, what about proving like
0: yourself? Like I think of like trying to prove yourself.
1: Yeah, that could be a part of it. Yeah, um, it's it's that outward expression. I define like wounded femininity, as being more self-destructive. It happens more in um, self-harming activities, addiction problems, um, you know, lack of self-worth, um, people pleasing, lack of boundaries, things like that. Like, and, and you can find that in, um, in men and women. And I actually do believe that wounded feminine energy in, in males is a huge phenomenon that's going on Mm -hmm. right now. Um, in, and, and it, it kind of, to some extent, I think it kind of makes sense um, because in general, if we're just speaking of heterosexual relationships and stuff in general, um, you know, because the different polarities tend to attract, um, if you have one gender that is in their wounded masculine a lot, they're going to attract the, their partner most likely to be in their wounded feminine. And that, that can happen in either, in either way. But I Mm -hmm. think we have, because of a lot of things, I think in our current society, I think we've created an environment where women have a very unhealthy sort of wounded relationship with their masculine energy. And men have a very wounded um, relationship with their feminine energy and they're attracting. And I think that's actually where you get the I think you, you get that kind of like, it's, it's so, it's so common that I feel like people almost believe it's the only type of relationship or marriage that you can have is this very like passive weak husband. And then this sort of like naggy, aggressive wife. And to me, that's, that's wounded masculine energy in the wife and wounded feminine energy in the husband playing out and at its finest. And it's like so common nowadays that there's so many people who believe that that's the only dynamic that a relationship can be in because, you know, it's, it's just so, it's so common in our world today. And, and I think so many people are not, are not healing those aspects of themselves so that they can actually. And, and, and I know I always, it drives me crazy too, because I do feel like we tend to play the blame game where like men blame women for making things this way and women blame men for making things this way. And, and I've been guilty of it too, believe me at plenty of times in my life, but at a certain point, it's kind of like, is blaming each other really helping anything? It's like at a certain point, we kind of have to look at ourselves and be like, okay, well, how do we, how do we heal ourselves to make things better? Because, you know, that's,
0: that's really where it has to start. I've seen this a lot in my, my own relationships. I haven't been in a relationship in a while, but um, <laughs> you know, where I, it's interesting because I always thought when you talk about like core femininity or masculinity, mm-hmm. um, so even if I am core feminine, but I'm acting in my masculine and I'm attracting the opposite in my partner, right? Mm-hmm. And so I see this a ton playing out, just like you said, as well, you know, where I, I know that I would get frustrated with, you know, like, I don't, I don't want to make all the decisions all the time. Like, I don't want to be the strength of the relationship all the time. Like, and I'm very capable of doing that as well. Like I certainly can, you know tell you what to do. And like, I can certainly like run the show. I mean, I've always been a leader in in my life. Like I I have that natural tendency, so I can easily pick up those reins. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it was frustrating, you know, because I did also notice that I was attracting men that in some cases, not all cases, but in some cases, like they, it's like, I'm making more money or, um, you know, it's like, I become the provider. And there are a lot of women who are in this role right now. And I'm not shaming that at all. Mm -hmm. Um, but I will say from my own perspective, that's not what I wanted. Like, I, I feel that I have that traditional, I would again, I'm going to say it in quotes, like traditional Mm -hmm. sense where I want to be courted by a man. Like I want him to, you know, take the reins and like romance me and surprise me with things. And, um, yeah. And like, definitely like still allow me to be in my power and, you know, shine and be strong and be a leader, like, where I want to be and, and not, not have him like come down on me or or say like, you're not allowed to do that kind of thing, you know, like, but somebody who can hold that fucking space of yes, like you are a powerful woman. And like, I can completely submit in the bedroom or like, Mm -hmm. you know, like completely submit to just letting him hold me and provide for me and feel safe with him and um like that's really attractive to me um mm-hmm. but i wasn't finding that you know it was there was a lot of wounding in that relationship in those relationships and um yeah there's a lot I could talk about with relations i was also very distanced you know like I definitely yeah. hold held people at a distance and i've I've come a long way and that's in part, a huge part of why I'm on my journey is because Mm -hmm. I want to be able to provide all of my desires within me. Mm -hmm. And so when I meet a partner, then it's just, it just amplifies that energy and it just becomes this beautiful dynamic, you know, that we Enhance each other. We're not taking from each other, you know. Right,
1: right. Yeah, I mean, I think. I mean, I know for for me, um, and honestly, like I, I'm still unpacking some of my past relationship stuff even now. Um, I have a serious history of like emotional and psychological abuse, and in my past, it's still something I'm like, like even just relatively like within the matter of last year just like unpacking now and stuff so like there's a lot of that stuff that's coming up but I know like maybe about a year and a half ago or so I was in my first like women's group coaching program like I just signed up I had no idea what any of this stuff was and I was just sort of like I'm just gonna go for it and it was the first time anyone had ever told me what like healthy masculine energy was and I remember listening to it and I was just like wow like that's what I want. Like this. And I was literally like, where is this? Like, is where are these, like, is there like a wait list? Like, are they on back order? Like what's yeah. the deal here? Like, what's going on? And then I, I sat with it for a while and then I was like, wow, I, I don't know anyone in my life that represents this. Yeah, like I've never had any, like that, that was not something that was, was even like, it felt like a unicorn to me. Like it was just sort of like, yeah, that's a great idea, but like, where is it in reality? And of course, you know, then, you know, you have everybody inviting you to be like, well, it's because what you're calling in. And and I think Mm -hmm. sometimes like, I I do believe that's true, but I also think too, I I don't love that when you're dealing with people who are dealing with past abuses and stuff sometimes, because I do feel like sometimes when people have been always told that things are their fault, then inviting them into, well, you brought this on yourself. It's like, okay, yeah, I I get energetically I did, but it's also like, I feel like sometimes you need to, I don't know. I feel like that there's a delicate situation there with, with people and stuff when it comes to like that idea. And yeah, you do call in these things, but I also think that, I do think we also need to acknowledge that our society is kind of setting us up for not being in the ideal situation, which again, I could go into all kinds of conspiracy theories as to why I think that is, but Um, but it was one of those things where I was like, okay, so I don't know any of this stuff in my life. I don't see any of this. I've never experienced this in my life. So how do I believe that it's real? And, and that was kind of a big, it's, it's still, to be honest, a big hurdle for me to, to move through and then kind of opening, opening my eyes to so many things in my past relationships where. Um, yeah, it's like, like, I'm not a competitive person in general. Like, that's just not my style. Like, I'm not like somebody who's just like, Ooh, okay, you did this. So I need to top this. And I did like, that's just not really my, my vibe in general, but I didn't, I did notice that, like, I think subconsciously there were a lot of times in my relationships where I, I wanted a man to be better than me at something, and I think like I wasn't getting, like if I was good at something, um, and that it comes down to more of the, like the psychological abuse of like anytime I was good at something, I was shamed for it because they couldn't handle that I was good at something. And in hindsight, looking back on it, like I was never I was never showing off to be like, hey, I'm better than you. But it was always like, a, I kind of wanted him to be better than me. Like I wanted him to top me. Like I wanted him to be better. Like I wanted him to stand up and be like, hey, yeah, no, I can, I can take the lead better than you can. Whereas what I was usually finding were guys who, if I would take the lead because I felt like I had to in that situation, they would just kind of like sit around and mope yeah. and be like, <laughs> oh, we're just gonna take the lead now. And so like, I, oh my God, I, I had this pattern that I realized that came to me, um, in my, my last long-term relationship where, cause here's the thing, I'm a really good problem solver. Like I am an excellent, excellent problem solver. Like if I can, that's, that's my healthy masculine energy. Like that's my, like, if I can get like rooted and grounded in myself, like if I get caught up in my emotions, it doesn't work as well. But if I get really like rooted and grounded and solid, like I can come up with a creative and good solution for just about anything. I actually took a leadership quiz for like a business course I was taking a while ago. And like, it was like what your strengths were as a leader. And like my problem solving skills were like off the charts. Like they were like, you're in a rare category of people and stuff, but I never saw it as a positive thing because every time I would solve a problem, people would get mad at me. And I, I do think that some of it is some sexism because I do think there are a lot of guys who are like, well, they didn't like that the cute blonde solved the problem and they couldn't figure it out, you know, kind of thing. But I realized that in my, my last relationship, we had this very distinct pattern of like, if we had some kind of an issue that would come up, usually like logistical stuff, it wouldn't be like an argument between the two of us, but it would just be some kind of basic, like how are we gonna do something or how are we gonna fit something in or how's something gonna happen? he would always get in, in his feminine, he'd be in his emotions. He'd be like, well, I don't know how we're going to figure this out. We're going to have to figure out how we're going to figure this out. Like what's, what are we going to do? So I would just say, okay, well, we could just do X, Y, and Z and it wouldn't be a problem. And so then he would come back to me with like, no. And all the reasons why my solution wouldn't work, which were never good reasons. Like my, because usually my solution would be a good solution, but he would have to have all these excuses why it didn't work. So I would just fluff it off because I'd be like, whatever. OK, well, then you come up with something because I don't care. And usually about a week later, it would usually take about a week for it to curdle. And he would come to me and be like, hey, you know that problem we were trying to figure out? I found a solution. I'd be like, OK, great. And then he would tell me the exact solution that I had told him originally. Like, the exact, like word for word, the same thing and i know that there there are tons of like women's advice articles out there and stuff that would literally be like oh well you should just like sit back and bat your eyes and be like oh my god honey you're so smart and and just like be happy that the problem was going to get solved and in general and i'm like i'm just not built that way like i'm just not that i'm just not that girl like i can't do that because partly because like, I wanted credit for my work. You know what I mean? Like I wanted some like, so you're not just going to plagiarize my idea here. And also it's just, you know, I wanted some appreciation for it or something. And then also I'm like, why did we have to wait a week to have this problem solved? And this problem could have been solved a week ago, but you just kept dragging your feet. You know what I mean? And of course then that would be a whole big drama. And then of course he would usually, that that's when like the gaslighting would start with like, oh, that wasn't what you said and that wasn't what you're, you know, it would be, it would be a whole thing, right? And, and it wasn't until, you know, I mean, the relationship's been over for a while and it was just, just recently I was examining that. And of course, a, a part of my, my own recovery is dealing with the fact that like my strengths are not a weakness, my strengths are actually good and that I, I should be allowed to solve problems because I'm good at it and it shouldn't be, be a problem in the relationship but also examining the fact that like, yeah, I was in my masculine energy in that moment. And I kind of needed to be because he wasn't being the masculine energy in that moment. So, you know, if, if, if somebody needs to be the masculine and someone needs to be the masculine and someone needs to be the feminine, and I didn't want to be the masculine, but in reality, it was like, well, if he's not going to do it, then I kind of have to. And, you know, it was kind of realizing that dynamic. And then also realizing that like, I didn't really want to be better than him at that. Like I really wanted him to come up with a better solution. Like I, or, or at least have come up with that solution or something like, I mean, yeah, I did want appreciation for what I came up with, but I also like, I kind of wanted him to be better than me a little bit, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, and and I wasn't necessarily conscious of, I wasn't necessarily conscious of that at the time. But it was very much like, hey, no, I, I wanted I I wanted him to not see my strengths as being intimidating or a problem or something that he had to tear down because he was intimidated by them. I wanted him to see my strengths and be like, okay, well, I have to get ba- I have to get stronger. Like I have to be more of a leader and actually take the lead because she's taking the lead and I want I want to be a leader. So like that, I mean, I, and it was, that was something I was sort of unpacking recently. That was sort of, you know, you get these wake up calls when you're studying this stuff and you're just like, oh yeah, that was, that was me and my masculine totally. Mm-hmm. And then that was him it and his feminine and, and, you know, realizing that.
0: Are you good to go past the hour?
1: I'll do whatever you want. Okay. I didn't even know what time it was. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I just, we didn't talk about that. So I want to make sure. No. Um, so I can relate to this from a corporate perspective. And this is something I keep thinking about as we're talking about. It's just my experience in corporate and
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, very similarly, you know, I would see something. Because I have a very strategic mind and that also makes me a really good problem solver because I could look at all the parts and I could tell you, I could pinpoint like where the issues were. Mm-hmm. Um, but I often presented that, um, I guess I was always told like too quickly, like I would always say it, like when people weren't ready for it. Um, Whatever, and then what would happen is like an hour later. I didn't mean to laugh at that. That's just so funny. No, no, I know, (laughs) I know the problem, and you're like, no, people aren't ready for the answer yet, or like, people aren't ready for the answer. You need to slow down so people can catch up with the like the way you think, basically. You know, it's kind of ridiculous if you think about (laughs) it. (laughs) But we could save all this fucking time and just exactly right, right? Um. But very similarly, like we would continue having these conversations and then, you know, sure enough, like half hour, hour later, whatever, we're coming to the same conclusion. Mm -hmm. And I would get really frustrated because I'm like, I literally just fucking said that like an hour ago Mm -hmm. and often this is was my experience often that would come from a man now granted I was in banking the banking industry and so oftentimes I there weren't a ton of women in the room anyways right. um but just with the meetings that I was in that there are tons of women in banking and, and in leadership so I'm not I'm not saying that there weren't there but in, in these meetings like the, that's often what I felt and um it was really frustrating with me for me. And, you know, I, the whole thing, what you said about the article were like women, if the, if the man, if a man comes to you and you, and gives you a solution or something that you, you know, you, you were saying, you bat an eye and say, oh, great job, you know, like because the masculine wants, to be seen and wants to be recognized by the feminine. And often I've heard that if the masculine feels criticized by the feminine, like he's not going to be very responsive to that, although he will take criticism from masculine energy, which was a very, was made it very difficult to be a feminine leader in the corporate world because it, I was constantly faced with you know, well, you don't understand the impact of your words. Like you don't understand what you're saying to people. Like it was always me. And it was always like, you need to adjust, like you need to fit in here. Mm -hmm. And like you said, like, I just wanted to be fucking recognized for the Mm -hmm. fact that I had this idea. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not even like, it's not even that I needed all those accolades or that I needed to say, well, I came up with, 150 ideas here and you know it's not that I needed to put that there it was just that I I mean what comes through and that's really sad but it what comes through when I'm speaking about this is I was invisible like that's what comes through Mm -hmm. um and it's it's really interesting I want to talk about how you you were saying like you wanted him to one-up you. That was really interesting to me to hear that. And do you feel that you wanted him to one-up you or you just wanted him to take the lead? Like you wanted him oh, to- Oh yeah, I
1: wanted him to take the lead, definitely. I, I didn't want, I didn't want, um, maybe one-up is probably the wrong way of putting it. Cause it's not that I wanted him, like, I, like nothing irks me more. I mean, again, and spending- years in stand-up comedy. And I've been around this a lot. It's yes. like, it's <laughs> like when somebody said like, cause I don't try to be funny. Like, that's just not my thing. But I'm like, sometimes if I, if I come up with something that I know is going to be funny, I'll say it. And like, when people take that as a challenge of like, well, now I have to come up with saying yeah. something funnier and I have to say <laughs> funnier. And it's just sort of like, oh my God, calm down. Like we're not, this is not a competition like back up. Like, so it's not necessarily that I wanted him to be like, Because that's also happened too in the past where guys will then come up with a solution that's not, not better than mine, but different. And it's like, just because they feel like it has to be their way. And that I don't like, because I'm all about like, well, we just, we have to do things the best way that they should be done. Like, it doesn't really matter whose idea it is. It should be the best way that it happens. But I also like, yeah, I did want him I mean, I wanted him to be better at problem solving than me, which I realized was probably a pretty big ask because it's one of my, like, again, like I'm in like a rare category of being able to to do that. For, for me, it's more because of my creative thinking. I have a very creative thinking mind. So I'm usually really good at like piecing together like ideas creatively and figuring out a solution. Um, and so it, it, I think it, it's it's, I understand that's a tough thing to ask. Of someone but it's also like I still want that you know what I mean like I still want someone who's gonna be but do you yeah I do I want a guy who's gonna be to have a good like I want him to be better at problem solving than me like I want him to be better at that stuff so I don't have to feel like I have to do
0: it but if it's your gift why, why can't you be in that expression? And, and he have some other strengths that he brings to the table.
1: Well, I mean, that's fine, too. But like, you know, it's just
0: interesting to me, like, yeah. um, I don't know, like, to me, it feels like, Well, I mean, I'm still, I'm, I'm still,
1: I'm still accepting the idea that it's a gift and not a curse. Like that's something I'm yeah. still, through. so I, 100%, I mean, maybe, maybe at some point I'll, I'll, I'll shift that mentality. Yeah. But, um, like, but to me, that it's is like, the, why would you hide that? Why would you? Well, it's not hiding step it away it's from just it. Like wanting somebody. Like, I want someone who's a little bit better than me at things. Because I want someone, like, I want to, like, it's interesting. um, David Data has a saying that I've heard him say a lot in, in like workshops and stuff like that, where it's like, if, if the feminine doesn't, like, or if if a woman in general, so we'll use, we'll use the genders. If a woman doesn't believe that a man can lead better than her, then she shouldn't let him lead. Because if she does, that's self abuse you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, if you, if you're like, no, I'm going to hold back and let this person lead, even though I know that they're yeah, not yeah. going to lead well, Yeah, you're really, you're just allowing yourself to be, be led poorly. And like, that's not, that's not smart either. So I don't think, like, I think that's part of one of the things that we have Yeah. again in our society is we kind of convince women that when they're in a relationship they have to hold back. When it's like what we really should be doing is we should be we should be teaching men how to move forward more. You know what I mean? Because I think I think if men got to a place where they felt really confident and and grounded and strong in their own leadership, then a, a strong female leader wouldn't be intimidating to them because I mean, they're they're strong and confident in their own leadership. So it doesn't take away from them to have a woman be strong in her leadership. Yeah. But I think the problem we have right now, and I mean, I, I think I think one of the biggest problems that we have in our whole society is we don't have we don't have any masculine leadership, or we have really bad, like unhealthy, wounded, toxic, whatever, masculine leadership. And I think that I think that trickles down to men and women and the masculine and feminine in all of us. But I think it's especially destructive in males or like masculine cord males because they just don't have any, I mean, is one of the things that I've been studying is that in so many cultures, they believe that men, like women tend to grow into their femininity naturally. Like nature kind of does that for us. Whereas men or the masculine, so to speak, need to be initiated into that. They need to go through initiation rituals, usually by older leaders in the community. And we don't have that. I mean, in a, in a lot of different areas, I mean, like, you know, fatherless homes and, and just, you know, not having strong male leadership and like healthy male leadership across the board. And I think that that's where we're finding that so many men are not... Confident in their own masculine energy and not in their own leadership, and and it's, I mean, if if women don't feel safe in a man's yeah. leadership, they're gonna be in their own That's masculine.
0: Right. That's you know right. know? Like
1: they're gonna because they need to in order to be safe, they're you know. And and, and it's not. It's not always a bad thing for a woman to do that because I mean let's let's face it in reality as women we can't walk around with bodyguards all the time you know what I mean like it's even if we're in partnership like there's times in our life where we're going to be on our own and need to tap into our own masculine energy it's just a matter of if we're in partnership and we're feminine at our core and we're with someone who's masculine at their core if we if they can't if they're if they can't out masculine us then Yeah, we really can't not be in our masculine, you know? I mean, I know there are people who say like, well, you need to surrender into your feminine first. And, and I mean, I, there is some level of like, all right, well, one person has to take a step first. I, I just think sometimes, you know, we need to be kind of cautious of that because I do think that that can also get women into some pretty unhealthy situations. If we start pressuring women too much into being like, oh, just get into your feminine, just get into your feminine with a guy. And then it's just like, oh, but he really can't hold yeah. hold that.
0: You know? What I hear is like from you is like, a, just this desire to be in your feminine core. You want to be. so. Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> And then also like what's interesting too, and I, I never really thought about it, but like this equating leadership with problem solving. Well, that's just
1: my, my form of leadership. Like that's my, but I don't think that's that's only, that's not the only form of, I mean, there's so many other aspects to leadership. That's just my, my personal, like, that's where I feel like my my masculine energy is that it's, it's at its strongest is like in being able to do that is being able to be like, okay, here's the, which to be totally, I mean, if we're really going to get like real and raw, a lot of that for me is comes from wounding. And a lot of that comes from a household where I had to solve the problems because I kind of had to be the, the parent, so to speak in,
0: yeah.
1: in a, in a household of a lot of conflict and stuff. So there is a lot of you know, yeah, I'm good at it and I'm strong with it. And I know that that's, that's something that I'm, I'm good at, but it's also too, like, I mean, I do think sometimes I problem solve to like, out of anxiety of like, wanting to not have there be conflict or not have there be, like wanting it to be done, like wanting to like, okay, here's a solution. It's over. I don't want this looming over my head kind of thing, you know, which is, you know, I mean, it does come from wounding, but you know, I mean, I think, I mean, we all have wounding, you know, we all have wounding and we all have stuff and whatever. And I think sometimes it's, I think some good can come out of it too. I mean, I think people can become stronger and, and grow in certain areas because of that. Yeah. But I I do think that there is a desire in me to, to not have to be the problem solver.
0: Yeah. I think it's beautiful that for you, like you personally, that when you step into that problem-solving role, it tends to be leadership for you. Mm
1: -hmm. What I'm
0: curious about is like, just, I mean, that aside, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what, like, as like a society, are are we looking at leaders as the problem solvers, like, like what makes a leader basically, that's what I'm like sitting here thinking about Mm -hmm. as you're speaking. Cause like, if you, um, you know, if the desire, like you're speaking it from this one angle of problem Mm -hmm. solving, right. And you're like, I want him to be a better problem solver, but is it really like, I want him to be a better leader and are there other aspects? of leadership. Like, I just, it just made me really curious about like, oh, like, um, you know, is problem solving related to leadership? Like, is that the core essence of leadership kind of thing? You know, like it just, it just got my mind like all curious yeah. about that, you know? It's interesting. I mean, I don't think it's the only aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, I
1: think that there's a lot of other aspects of leadership that you know, that people have, I mean, I think like, I think knowing people's strengths and encouraging them to, um, bring their own strengths and working together with a group of people. I mean, that's like, that's definitely not my strength. Like I'm definitely a loner. I'm definitely a, like go it on my own. Like I'll, I'll, I'll do my own work by myself kind of thing. Like I'm not somebody who's necessarily going to like get people together and be like, Hey, this is your strength and do this. And like that. And like, that's not my, um, yeah. I actually, I took a quiz recently, um, that was about like what your like business style was or something. And they, they equated it with, with the four elements too. It was like, I think it was like, there was like fire, which was like, Entrepreneurial, like you have more of an entrepreneurial mindset. I can't even say that word. Entrepreneurial, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Help me say that. Um, There's uh, a teacher energy, which is very like earth energy. Um, I think there was coaching, which was very watery energy, and then creative, which was air energy, and um and stuff. And it was interesting because I took the quiz, and I was like, I was a teacher energy, like overwhelmingly. And which kind of, I think makes sense because I'm much better, like, I'm much better, like either on a stage or in front of a camera, like with a microphone and like, just like talking to people, but like the minute that like, I mean, I can talk to you, obviously, like we can have a dynamic mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But like, I'm like, I was used to say, like when I was in comedy, like I was like, all talk on stage. Like I could like, kind of like joke flirt with guys in the audience and I could be like fun, but like off stage, I was just sort of like miss awkward. Like, (laughs) I
0: don't know how to talk
1: to people. I don't know. Like people are usually, when people meet me in person, they're usually like overwhelmed by how socially awkward I actually am. (laughs) You know, Mm. it takes me a long time to like warm up to people and like vibe with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I'm definitely like my leadership skills would not be in like, like social aspects of things. Like getting a group of people together or like, you know, working together with other people. I'm more like, just give me my project and I'll just, I'll do my, (laughs) I'll
0: do my thing myself kind of thing. So I'm wondering if like the desire, I'm just really curious about this. Like, I'm wondering if the desire in you to see problem solving in your partner is actually the desire to see it more in you, like to recognize it in yourself. It's just really, it's really interesting to me that, um, that you're gravitating to that quality, you know? Well, that's just, I mean, I think because that's something that
1: I've just come to, um, like, it's a really new revelation for me of like not seeing, not seeing my strengths as strengths, but seeing them as a problem and like just coming to the realization of being, which I think is, it's, it's somewhat part of like, um, like psychological abuse recovery too, is like kind of retraining your brain to not be constantly seeing, like constantly being told that things that you did that were good were not good. And then like, I think there's, there's a lot of, and I think, I mean, I'm going through it in my own personal life, but I do think like collectively as a society, I think we're going through a lot of, I think a lot of us have been psychologically abused and manipulated by a lot of aspects in society. So I think there's like a collective energy of like people waking up to lies that they've been told, things that they've been fed their whole life and of realizing that some of the things that they've been, that have kind of been shown to them are not real. And that's, for me, so for me, the problem solving thing is like the thing that I've kind of just yeah. come into the realization of, of being like, oh, wait, I'm good at this. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing. And I'm sure that there's other things, plenty of other things. I mean, you know, if I were to, if I were to start digging into like body image stuff and appearance, and I mean, that's a whole other, like um a whole, like a whole other But I feel like that, I mean, that was one of the things that was the point of like my Instagram was kind of like overcoming body image and stuff. And, um, and it's, it's so weird how, like, when I tell people that when I started posting like lingerie and swimwear content on my Instagram a few years ago, um, and I started gaining this male following and people, people were like, well, how did you not know The and it was like, I had no clue that I was going to gain a male following like no clue that men were going to follow me because in my mind I was like, I was like 37, 38 when I started posting that stuff. Did I do not, I do not now. And I didn't back then have like that kind of quote unquote, like Instagram body that everybody has, you know what I mean? Like with the, the perfect, like butt to hip ratio, butt to waist ratio and all that kind of stuff and whatever. And so for me, it was like, oh, well, you know, if guys are going to follow somebody on Instagram, it's going to be those like 22 year old fitness models like, who's going to follow me? Like, I was just on this journey to be like, because I saw myself as being really unattractive and I didn't appreciate my appearance. And I felt so, um, bad about the way that I looked. And I was like, I want to see if I can try to view myself as being beautiful and kind of document that journey of like, can I feel beautiful? I think also it was like, you know, it was it was the beginning of my trying to, you know, see myself as being sexy. Cause even then, like when I first started posting lingerie photos and people were calling me sexy and I was literally like, Ugh, I would get like nauseated and people would say, that. I'd be like, "Ugh! I'm not sexy. Like what are you talking about? Like, I'm like cute at best, but I'm definitely not sexy. Like that was my, so it was like a lot of like breaking through those, those stories of being told like, okay, because you don't look like, this or because you don't look like that or because of your age or because of your weight or because of your this size or that, I wasn't good enough. So it was yeah. this kind of, um, for me, that was was breaking through that barrier of being like, oh, I am attractive. And then also, I mean, it's so, I, I look back on it. It's so funny how like I was so massively uncomfortable with male comments and male attention and, and the DMs and everything when it first started. And I was just like, no, I'm talking to women. I want to inspire women. I want to tell women that like they can feel beautiful and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, like, what are these guys doing? Like, um, like I was just like, I hated it so much. And it's like, it's now I've kind of come into this new headspace of realizing that I, it was, that was like something that I needed to go through of accepting the idea of like, okay, male attention isn't wrong. It's not, and I also have to, let go of the idea that like, I'm doing something wrong. Like, like if, if men paid attention to me that I was like, quote unquote, asking for it or like that I was, uh, there was something wrong with me or like, and learning to get comfortable with being like, okay, he's attracted to me. He's being gross about it, but you know what? Like that's on him. That's not on me. You know what I mean? It's not a reflection of me. It's a reflection of them. And like, letting go of that control of like how I'm perceived. And, and I mean, it's, it's been like a whole, I mean, it's been, it's been a journey. <laughs> it's been a lot and stuff. And so I feel like that's, that's a hurdle I've been moving through. And so like the, the problem solving thing is just like more of a recent
0: yeah
1: thing, you know, I mean, but it's been, it's been a whole, like, I think uh, it's been a whole journey of like trying to see things in myself that, I either didn't see or thought were, were bad or wrong yeah. that really weren't bad or wrong. They were just, I was being told that they were bad or wrong. Yeah, You know, I, I actually, it's funny. I, people would ask me like, because I started posting my, my lingerie content, um, what was going through my divorce and people would ask me like, Oh, is this like revenge? Are you doing this as like revenge in your ex? And like, to be totally, I really wasn't like, I really, That wasn't even in my, my head when I was going through it, like that wasn't at all something I was going through, but I do think there was a level of it that was um, like revenge against all my exes because most of my exes, I would say consistently all of them, like I was so shamed for, and not even, I don't, I don't, when I'm out in public, I don't dress all that provocatively so to speak but I am like I have a fuller bust and I do like so it's pretty easy for me to have cleavage and all that kind of stuff and it was like if I ever got male attention from people it was like that was shamed it was like well there's something wrong you need to cover up you need to do more because you're you're attracting male attention and that's bad so I feel like there was a lot of aspect of being like you know what like screw you to all my exes it's my body i can do what i want with it and if i do get male attention it's not it's not wrong it's not it's not bad it's just it is what it is and i also know i i choose who i want to continue that like if i'm dating someone that's the person i've chosen and you know if i'm not dating someone i choose who i want to have more of an interaction with and it's not it's not a reflection on, is it not a negative thing? You know, I mean, I think it's, that's something that I've been, been moving through a lot and I know I just went off on a whole other tangent that wasn't even what we're talking about, but
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, we do need to wrap up here because I have okay. another call, but um, I wanted to say, I just wanted to say that I, I see that I, I definitely get where you were going and the, it's this idea that we are shamed in general. Mm -hmm. And you, and you said it at the end there, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, it's really stepping into the parts of us that we've been shamed. And so often it's really incredible about how much those are the things that make us who we are and that make us like, those are our gifts. And those are, our uniqueness. And it's really unfortunate. Um, This goes, you know, back to the, the thing I always talk about with intuition is like, it gets you out of the matrix. You know, it's like, we were in these boxes, right? And the minute you step out of it, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? And it's it's so wrong, and to your point about like, and I wasn't. um, I know, like, I know that you're you're good, and um, like, I didn't. What I was gonna say is, I didn't want to make you uncomfortable by like kind of going down that problem solving thing. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, but I I think it's like
1: no, you didn't, you didn't. I, it takes way more than that to make yeah, me yeah, <laughs> way more than that to make me
0: uncomfortable. But I just think it's really, I don't remember where I was going with that, but um, it's, it's work to, to tear down that shame Mm. to allow us to see those gifts within ourselves. And you said that you said, I don't, I don't see it as a gift. Like I didn't, I've been shamed for it for so long, you know, Right. And for me, it was often my voice. It was the things I said, right? Like even just me now saying to you, like Sarah, and I've said it to you before, like in our, Mm -hmm. when we were in our groups together and stuff, and I've said, I hope I, I didn't go too far there. Right. Because Mm -hmm. that's what I've been shamed for, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, you can't quote unquote unquote, me. Yeah. Not not having an awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Like people say that to me, it's like, it becomes a judgment on me that I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't know what's coming out of my mouth. And I am so deliberate about the things that I say, even when it's something that I know is going to rock the boat, Mm -hmm. because there's just something in me. And maybe you said this in the very beginning about being a Sagittarius, maybe that's what that is. It's like, Mm -hmm. there's just something in me that has to say it. Like, I just have to speak that thing. Mm -hmm. And so that's not easy. No. Um, and I just want to like, end it kind of there because there's definitely like a whole nother conversation we could have about shame and, Oh, totally. And stepping into all of that. But, um, we do need to wrap up here. So is there anything else that you like, is on your heart that you want to say to the people who are listening? And thank you. If you've stayed with us for this long,
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, thank you. I know. I feel like I'm always the person that people do the podcast interviews and stuff. It always goes like way longer than they anticipate and stuff. Cause it's like, I mean, I'm a talker. I can talk. Um, yeah. So yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, if we're, if we're wrapping up there, then I think that's one of the biggest messages is to like, not sometimes you'll find out that your, what you are told are your weaknesses are actually your strengths. Mm -hmm. And they're usually the things that you end up getting shamed the most for, which is sad. I mean, and maybe that's, maybe there's like a greater reason for that, like energetically or spiritually why it's designed that way. Or maybe it's just that our society is crap or whatever. I mean, you know, one or the other, who knows, but that's probably for people who are um, you know, way more down the road in their spiritual journey than I am to, to really know. But yeah, I think like, that's a big thing is to let go of the stuff that you're shamed for and to really see your, see your strengths, see your, weak, see your weaknesses as your strengths. Cause they very often are
0: your quote unquote weaknesses. Quote yeah. unquote weaknesses. Yeah. yeah. I think Yeah. That's not something that I ever thought of or put together until this podcast. So I think it's really beautiful that that came out. So Mm -hmm. even if people take it away and say, what, what are, you know, what am I shamed for right now? Mm -hmm. And just start to examine those things Mm -hmm. and really maybe see yourself in that essence, um, for, it's honor for its gift, you know, instead of what you think it shouldn't be, you know? Yeah. So, well, thank you for coming on the show, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And we'll have Sarah's contact info in the show notes. If you loved her energy, please connect with her, see what she's up to. She's she's always evolving like me. And, um, we've just been staying connected since we connected maybe a year and a half ago. I think it was maybe we connected like last year, a year and a half ago. I think it was, um, it have been this year. I think it was
1: actually like this year. I don't even think it's been that long.
0: No, I think it was last year. Cause was we ended it? this year, we ended the group this year. Yeah. And it was like a year long. The group was this year. Yeah, I
1: wasn't in it at the very beginning though. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so. Well, a year, year and a half ago, yeah. but she continues to evolve. And um, I praise that. So yeah. So if you love this episode and you want to share it, please share it so that more people can tune into this conversation and, and just get more people you know, considering different perspectives about things and yeah. So thank you. Thank you all.